Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, coming up on the Harbor One Hotline is uh, Gary Washburn of the Boston Globe. Uh, Gresham Fourier on a fabulous uh, Monday. Gary, how you doing? It's uh, You're on with Foyer and uh, Andy Hart today. Filling in for Andy Gresh. Hey, guys. How's it going? It's going yeah. good. So, um, Gary, I wanted to ask you, did you happen to read uh, the article in the New York Times on Jalen Brown? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. So, there's a couple quotes in there where he where he talks about um, his experience in Boston, and then he mentions uh, that he says that he thinks that his experience uh, in Boston was not as fluid as he thought it would be. How do you think uh, it kind of made me feel that Jalen Brown is not long for this life as a Celtic? How do you how do you feel Jalen Brown's relationship is with the Celtics and more importantly the city of Boston? Um, I mean, I think he gives his honest opinion on. I mean, I, I read, I did read something about kind of his assessment of Celtic fans and and probably the the vitriol he's received through social media and that type of thing. I mean, obviously he's had some, um, he's had some, he's had an interesting year. I mean, obviously he uh, had to, the thing with his association with Kanye West, his association with Kyrie Irving uh, has, has drawn a lot of uh, vitriol from some fans. And I'm sure he is probably taking that personally or, or, or remember that uh, type of thing. Um but I, I think he's kind of pointing to a certain particular fan. Um, and he also, I think he, I think he pointed out, I didn't really read the whole thing, but just excerpts that, you know, just kind of his, um, how certain fans take it personally and, and, and get insulting and, and only want him to play and don't want him to speak uh, about off-the-court issues. I think that's what happened anywhere. Uh, so I don't think, he has a, a, a terrible relationship with the city or he's, he's ready to get the heck out of here. Uh, but I do think you, you, you're asking a man who's to speak his mind, to speak his mind. And he did, right. He's that, that's the difference I think between, uh, I mean, I think Jason and Jalen are close, but I think, uh, Jalen is one of more, probably more critical thinker, uh, than, than Jason is. So, and obviously a New York times story where he's allowed to kind of just speak, on off the court stuff, 
Um, so I'm not surprised that he said some of those things. But I don't think it's like a toxic relationship or anything like that with the city of Boston. I think he's pointing out probably some of the things he's heard this season after, obviously, his state, his, you know, remember if you guys remember a couple months ago, he didn't immediately break ties with Kanye West. Uh, and then he, uh, you know, had, had kind of a supportive uh, tweet uh, on the Kyrie Irving situation with the, uh, with the movie, with, not, with the, uh, you know, the Israelites uh, waiting, you know, like kind of uh, picking outside the arena uh, in Barclays Center when uh, his first game back. So I think he's probably referring to that stuff. And he's probably remembers some of those things that were said. Gary, this is admittedly a tough question to answer, I think, but I'm going to ask it to you anyway. What do you think Jalen Brown's overall motivations are as a professional, as a basketball player? Because he's mentioned in recent weeks, you know, we're all giving things up to fit in this team and play for this team. And we know he has a potential supermax on the horizon with the Celtics, more money here. Does he want to be the alpha somewhere? Would he rather align with Jason Tatum for a decade and, and build a Celtic dynasty? Does he want to start, as he mentions in some of these quotes, you know, businesses? Does he want to go to a place like we saw KD go to the Warriors for business reasons? What do you think his overall motivations are as a professional i think he i think off the floor he wants to help it, you know floor his community flourish he wants to make changes he wants to educate he wants to you know help youth i think he wants to help primarily youth of color i think he, he just has a, a a very a vision of the things he wants to do with with his community which i understand and i admire um on the floor, I think he wants to be one of the greatest, but I also think he wants to win. I think he enjoys uh, playing in Boston, but I also think you know he understands it's a collective sacrifice, and he wants everyone to sacrifice collectively. Um, so I do think that he wants to win the championship. I don't think it's a situation where the minute I get out of here, I just want to score 30 points and make an all-star, all-star team. I don't think he has that type of selfish motivation. I think it – 26 years old, he's been in the league long enough to know that winners thrive in the NBA. Winners are revered in the NBA. Uh, guys who score 30 points, you want to be, you know, hey, you want to be James Harden? Go ahead. You know, you know how much uh, criticism James Harden's received throughout his career, and how, but how many points he scored, you know, but he, he's walked away with no championships and, and nothing accomplished team-wise, no, no appearances, um, you know, in the NBA, or sorry, one appearance in the NBA Finals when, when he was a, way back in 2011, Oklahoma City. So uh, I think a lot of players see that. So I don't think Jalen's motivation is, I just want to be the guy, score 33 points a game, and win uh, 48 games, losing third, second-round playoffs. I, I do think he wants to win in Boston. I think he's motivated. I think he is comfortable here in terms of, uh, you know, the team, the organization, um, and his relationship with Jason. I think that they, they get along. But I also think – Jalen's a guy who's a constant thinker. He has other stuff off the court. He likes to travel. Uh, he kind of sees himself as worldly in terms of just his, his, his overall thinking. So that's always something going on, you know, uh, in addition to just being a ball player. So we're talking to Gary Washburn of the Boston Globe on the Harbor One Hotline. And Gary, so as far as the team, are you as nervous as what's going on with this team I think it's like it's I am and maybe some other people are as far as just the, the way these games are ending, like just how they feel and they constantly are talking about being disconnected and not being able to finish games. 
and now they're being now they're the third seed in the AFC and sorry in the um, in the NBA East. Yeah, I mean, I do, I do think obviously last year they played their best ball of the season at this particular time, and this year they're struggling. And it's not that they're struggling where they're getting thumped by opponents; they're losing games in the fourth quarter, blowing leads, unable to make the one or two final plays, uh, kind of losing the same way. Yeah, that is a I, I, you know personally, it's a concern for the long term because you got to figure out what road you're going to take to the finals. If the road you're going to take is going to be a first-round series with potentially Miami, who's going to take some blood out of you, then Philadelphia, then Milwaukee. I mean, I don't know if the I don't know if this team's capable of doing that at this point, and they got to figure something out. And let you know, you can blame health, and you could say, well, when Robert Williams comes back, they'll be all fine, and and when they get their get whole and guys get back to their, you know, and Marcus Smart gets it, but. They've got to get right and figure things out. And, and, and the thing about it is they're not that far from being – like they're not doing – they're not getting crushed every night. It's, it's little things. So it's possible, right? But you don't want to have to figure these things out 10 games left of the season. So th- I think that's a concern. Um, you know, w- let's see what happens. Let's see if they can get it together. Do you, do you think that this team thinks that they are just like a light switch team? We can we we can flip the switch when it matters. No, because I mean they don't have a title under their belt. They have the you know appearance in the finals, but they haven't done that before. I mean, you guys were around. I mean, I covered the 2010 Celtics, and that team finished the four seed. But you had obviously KG, Pierce, and Allen, Rondo. Those guys kind of Doc said, "You just want to be healthy. That's all. That's all we want to do." Be healthy. We'll accept whatever fate we get. And then they end up being four seed. They end up reaching the finals and probably in blowing that game six, not showing up, and obviously losing that game seven to the Lakers, uh, which, you know, to me kind of changed the legacy of the big three. If they had two titles, uh, they'd be a lot more, I think, you know, revered in terms of uh, what they accomplished. But they did flip the switch. But that team was a veteran championship team. In, in this situation, I don't think that they're capable of, of doing that. I think that they got to figure some things out. Jason Tatum has to figure some things out right now. He's been, you know, very he's been poor since the, the All Star break, uh, since that all ten three pointer performance in the All Star game. I mean, twenty nine percent from three. Uh, he's kind of disappearing against the Jazz. They, they put this kind of college kind of defense against him and trapped him every time he got the ball. And then he's trying to force his way back. He's trying to force three-pointers to get himself going. He's going outside in instead of inside out in terms of his approach. So he's trying to get himself going from the three and hope that opens things up, but it's not. And so he's, he hasn't been himself. Jalen, I think, you know, and you guys refer to Jalen in some of his situations, uh, you know, Jalen's not being focused on in the fourth quarter. And he had 43 against Houston, and he had 25 against Utah, but he doesn't get the last shot. If he's got it going like that, why not go to him? Why not make a, you know, run a play for him? Why not put the ball in his hands when it's money time if Jason is struggling? They got to use – they have the talent and the versatility. I think they need to use it. I think Missoula's got to start going to Derek White a little bit more. Um, they've got to figure some things out. And I don't know if you can do that in the next three weeks, but 
that's <laughs> there it is. It's right in front of them. I mean, they and they got guys. You guys know they got games at Philadelphia and at Milwaukee in the next week or so. Let's see what happens. Gary, you mentioned Joe Missoula. Season started. I think he was the biggest question on the team. Then they get off to that twenty-one and five start. He's the All-Star Game coach. He gets the interim tag removed, and I think people settled in with, "Oh, this guy's doing a great job." Wow, they found their coach, and now it seems like there's more questions about how he's managing the team and how the team is performing. The little things they need to clean up. What are your views on Joe Missoula as he goes towards his first postseason as the head coach? Oh, I think he's going through, and you know, a first-year coach and he's going through some ups and downs and some growing pains and I think he's loyal to his guys and I think he, he has some his ways that he wants to stick to and I think he's trying to do that but he's also making some mistakes and and some kind of some curious uh, moves with his rotations and the problem guys I see is he doesn't have like they just lost Damon Stoudemire to Georgia Tech um, you know yeah, Will Hardy's with the Utah Jazz they don't have a veteran assistant on their staff anymore in terms of a guy who's played in the NBA, that's really important. And then for them to say, well, we're not, we're, not, we're not considering adding to the staff, like there's plenty of guys out there who can give you an outside voice about what, what to do, what's going on, how to maybe mix some things up that could probably help you at this point in the season. I think it's kind of arrogant for the Celtics not to try to add to the staff. You don't, you can't lose a key assistant at this time of the season and then just say, hey, we're not going to replace them. Um, and, and Joe needs probably another couple of fresh voices in there. You know, in addition to the voice he has, he's done a, a fantastic job. I think, you know, it might be uh, fading his coach of the year, uh, Candace, who knows, I think it might be Mike Brown of Sacramento or, or you know, maybe, a, a, you know, I don't know who else. I think Brown's kind of going to run away with it. But I think he's done a good job. But now it's just these minor adjustments. And, you know, he got outcoached against Utah. Will Hardy, who knew Tatum, put up defense on. But the Celtics had a tough time figuring out. But isn't you know, it, I feel like defense. I feel like you're gonna after every loss, I, I do feel like, Gary, that th- that'll be what we say that he got outcoached. And then you bring up an excellent point, like all the attrition in the coaching staff, like who on that staff is gonna give him like the thumbs up? That's a good play. Or who on that staff would say that's stupid? Don't do it. That's the thing, Christy. As you know, I mean, you can't lose. I mean, we saw on the Patriots side. You know, you you lose all these guys who contribute. You know, the, your your fabric is going to kind of break down a little bit. And uh, there, you know, those are good guys in the Celtic staff, but you just literally lost your one of your top assistants, a, a guy who's played in the league thirteen, fourteen years, who's been in those wars. You lost that voice. Now you can call him on the phone, you know, hey, uh, you know, at night and the, the players can talk to him still, but on the bench during a game, you need, a, I think, a fresh voice. And, you know, are they, so they're just going to keep going on with this current staff, and I just think Missoula has got to, you know, kind of refigure some things out. And it could be a situation where, you know, he, he does come up with some, some new plans. Um, but to me, calling every final play for Jason – especially on nights like in Houston, like in Utah, where Jason has just not been effective, isn't winning your games. you got to do things that win your games. Forget egos. you know, you got to play the guys who are going to win your games. So you can't think of egos or this guy's done this before. You, you're trying to win a game. You're trying to get to the championship. Then you can celebrate all you want, and egos don't matter. Um, 
But you don't want to go home early, but, hey, you, you preserve guys' egos. Where do the Celtics rank in terms of talent in the NBA? Assuming Rob Williams and Marcus Smart and, you know, the core is healthy, where do they rank in pure talent? I mean, I think in top three to four team, I just think the other teams, I mean, I, I don't know, guys. You know, the Celtics went out, and their major move in the trade deadline was Mike Muscala, who has had his moments here and there but not played. You know, Milwaukee is still – Milwaukee gets Jay Crowder. They get Goran Dragic. Like, the Bucks are still toying with their roster. The Sixers add you know, like guys like Dwayne Dead. Like, they, they're still constantly moving their roster. Meanwhile, the Celtics still have an open roster spot, need rebounding, could use kind of a dirty work guy, and don't use it. It's like, why not? If you're, you know, why are you, like, I just always remember the 08 Celtics brought, you know, P.J. Brown off the street at the All-Star. Like, the, the, when you're searching for that combination, you'll bring guys in. If they don't play, they don't play. And then they sit on the bench and help, win, help you win a championship, maybe with just being a cheerleader. You, you accept that. The Celtics want to win but don't want to use this open roster spot. You know, Robert Williams is constantly in and out of the lineup, so you want to go with Luke Cornett as your big, or you want to go with a Grant Williams to the underside. Like, there's needs they have that can make them a more talented team, but they don't use them. So I think they're top three to four talent, but you look at the other teams that are competing, they're just as good and they're more cohesive and guys know their role. You look at the Bucks, and the Bucks play the same style every damn night, win or lose. They are who they are. The Celtics are still trying to find that identity. Ooh, all right. That's uh, that's Gary Washburn of the Boston Globe uh, talking about the Boston the Celtics. Gary, I appreciate it. Thanks for the time. Uh, always a uh, great insight, great knowledge on the Celtics. We'll talk to you down the road, all right? Thanks, guys. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.